Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. All right, are y'all ready for the word? All right. Open up your Bibles if you would. We're going to be going to the book of Acts. And we're specifically, in a moment, we'll go to Acts 9. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about Plan B. Plan B. What am I talking about? Well, we'll get to it in a moment. Plan B, an alternate route. Um, uh, You know, a a, a second way to do it because the first way didn't work. Okay? You all know what I'm talking about, Plan B? Well... Let me start off by telling you that God gave us the Bible so we could understand Him in hopes that we would choose to be like Him. That's why we have the Bible. When you read the Bible, that's what God did. God gave us the Bible so we could understand Him, hoping, He's hoping that we would choose to be like Him when we understand Him. The Bible, by the way, only tells one story, and it's the story um, of good news. It's a good news story. The Bible should excite us. It's a good news story, you know. And I know that 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 if you're doing your daily Bible reading, you know, I did mine again this morning. Uh, but if you're doing your daily Bible reading, sometimes the day gets into a portion of the Bible that it looks like bad news. But if it's bad news, you're not finished yet. Keep reading because the Bible is a good news story. The Bible only tells one story, and the story that the Bible tells is a story of redemption the only accurate way that we can interpret any story or any prophecy that you receive the only way that we can accurately interpret any verse or any account in the bible is to interpret it in light of the one story god is telling and that one story is a story of redemption and unless and until you can see the redemptive desires of god unless you can see what god is giving us trying to make us understand about his heart to save and his heart to redeem then you have not gotten the full picture yet keep reading okay even when you're reading through the book of revelation jesus talks to the seven churches every message to each church ended with to him who overcomes i'm going to bless it's a message of hey look you don't have to be stuck where you are you don't have to end up where all everybody else ends up it's a choice for you it always is and it ends in his desire to redeem in fact his signature the signature the way you know that god has sent you the message it will always end with love jesus if the message does not end with love jesus i would be concerned it may not be from him hello come on now you know every prophecy that you receive from god will end with a redemptive quality or i would doubt it's from god well take it for what is worth but god's redemptive intent should be sought out in every word we get from him in every bible story god's redemptive qualities and his redemptive intent should be championed by the church by preachers by those who are who are opening their hearts to share the word and the will of god it is redemptive 
And it's not that we forget the bad things that are going on. It's just that we don't curse the darkness. We light a lamp. We are the church of the living God. We are the light of the world. We are not deputized to judge and criticize and condemn. We are deputized to shine the light of the glorious gospel of Christ on every situation, giving every person, giving every sinner an opportunity to be saved. That's our job. If it's going to be signed by Jesus, it will be signed in love, not in anger, not in resentment. Even if he corrects us, encourages us, instructs us, it's not going to be because he's sick and tired of us. God is not sick and tired of the church. That is not the truth. That is a lie of the devil. God is not sick and tired of his children any more than any one of you parents are sick and tired and want to hurt and condemn and criticize and push down and stomp down and destroy your child. He's better than you. And yet people, for some reason, like to gravitate toward the negatives and even like to end on the negative. God never ends on the negative for his children, for his church. That's not his heart. He signs every message with, and here's what you can do about it. Here's your opportunity. This is how you can avoid it. Every prophecy, even the Bible, the message that comes from God is an I love you message. Don't imagine you're at the end of the story. You're not at the end of the story. If anything, even if your Bible reading today ends in a bad place, you're not at the end of the story. Keep reading. You're in the middle of the story. If you're in a situation that's difficult and bad right now, invite Jesus Christ in. There's always something you can do to please Him, and there's always something He can do to help you. Don't think you're at the end of the story. You're in the middle of the story. Jesus said it best in John 3.16, 3.17. He told us, For God so loved the world that He gave it. God so what? Not hated. Not, was not frustrated, was not irritated, was not angry. Even though the world was wicked and dark and sinful, even though the world was cruel, and even though there were the, some very bad actors, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever would believe in Him, listen, listen to the end of the story, would not perish, but would rather would have eternal life. For God, verse 17, did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but rather that the world might be saved through Him. God did not send you into the world to condemn the world world but he sent you with a message hoping that they would be saved this is the heart of god this is our job as the church and this morning we're going to discover god's intent to redeem even one of the worst sinners we're going to take a story it could be any story we could go to any story in the bible and find the same message we could find the same thing. God gave us the Bible so we could understand Him. Well, understand Him. Read it and look and see what He did. Look and see what His heart was. It does not always end good, but that's never God's fault. 
Stories don't always end like God hopes they will, like God wants they will. Wants, wants they will. <laughs> Thank you. Wants them to. I've been speaking Swahili for a week. <laughs> Some honey. That means, excuse me, I'm sorry. Okay. Tapadali, please. God intends to give every chance and every opportunity. And we are the body of Christ in the earth. We are his representatives. We, the church, must not be sick and tired of the world. We, the church, cannot be aggravated and irritated so that we begin to condemn and criticize and judge. Jesus himself said, I judge no man. And he told us, you are without excuse, whoever you are, that judges another person. I mean, how many times does God have to show us our part before we say, okay, I understand? How many times does God have to show us who he is before we decide that we want to be like him? Today, I want to encourage you, understand the Bible. Understand what God is is doing in the Bible. He's showing us His plan of redemption for mankind. And let's, when we understand what God wants, let's start playing on His team. Let's not run another play. Let's play on His team. Well, we're going to look at Acts chapter 9, and it will help us understand God better because this is one of the worst sinners of the day that we are going to encounter. And uh, uh, again, God's hope is that we would see God's intent and that we would try to be more like Him. Acts, the ninth chapter, reading from the New King James Version, verse 1. Then Saul, you remember Saul of Tarsus? Later became the Apostle Paul. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest. Now let's hold it right there. If any of you are breathing out threats against the disciples of the Lord, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You've got something better to do. Let's be like God. Saul, if this was the will of God, then it would have continued. But Saul was breathing out basically murderous threats against the disciples of the Lord. He went to the high priest trying to get confirmation from somebody in authority, religious and political authority. And he asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found any who were of the way, the way that he didn't agree with, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Verse 3, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then Saul fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, let's hold that for a moment and I would encourage you to read the rest of this account because you know this is not the end of the story but one of the biggest things that we notice here 
in this account is how personal Jesus took it when somebody was persecuting his bride. Why are you persecuting me? Well, wait a second. I, I, it's, it's nothing personal, Jesus. I, you know, I'm a, but, but no. Jesus takes it personal just like you would. If somebody was messing with your family, messing with your bride, messing with your spouse, messing, somebody, you know, I mean, look, you know, I have gotten in more than one altercation because of her. <laughs> I won't tell you all the reasons why, but many people have suffered because of her. Because I wasn't going to let anybody treat her that way. Wasn't going to let anybody say something like that about her. You think, you know, well, some of you don't think so, but some of you might think you might not want to mess with somebody like me. Let me tell you who you don't want to mess with. You don't want to mess with Jesus. Because Jesus evidently took it personal. Why are you persecuting me? I think that's a pretty big deal here. Jesus showed up. Jesus interrupted Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus and dealt with him rather severely, rather strongly. I mean, he blinded the man. But God, by the way, corrects us because he loves us, Hebrews 12 says, not because he hates us. God is a little bit different than I have felt in the past. God feels different. I want to be more like him. God corrects us because he loves us, not because he's sick and tired of us. Not because he wants to hurt somebody because somebody made him mad. Or because somebody didn't agree with him. You know, I'm a, but because somebody didn't believe him. Or because somebody was doing something they shouldn't have done. He does not feel like that. He did not want to hurt the apostle Paul at that point. Saul of Tarsus. God was not punishing Saul for his past. God was positioning him for his future. God is not interested in punishing you for your past. God is not interested in punishing anybody for their past. That's what he's trying to avoid doing. He is trying to avoid anyone being punished for their past. That's why he sent his son Jesus. That's why Jesus gave his blood on the cross of Calvary in hopes that even the people that were nailing him to the cross, even the people that were spitting on him and cursing him, even the people that were persecuting him, that they would not be punished for their past. Look at God's intent for just a moment. His intent was to see Saul saved, not punished. This is the heart of our Father God. And thank God it is, or me and you would both be dangling over a fire pit somewhere. My goodness, please, you know, God's not interested in punishing others for their past. Please get that attitude of God wants to punish people out of your heart. Please get that thought that God wants to punish wrong people. God wants to punish bad people. God wants to punish sinners. God wants to punish evil people. Get that thought out of your heart. Our God wants to punish no one. Doesn't mean they will not end up in hell if they don't change. 
but that will be their choice. It is not my choice to condemn them, criticize them, judge them. We are the church of the living God. If we don't have hope, if we write the story so that the end of the story is death and hell for everybody that doesn't live, you know, live like me, please me, do what I think right now, this is the end of the story. God's finished with you. Don't do that. That's not our Father God. I thought I could get up here and just teach this really nice and calmly, but I'm st- I can't. I'm just preaching it loudly. Why do preachers scream? I don't know. I'm one of them, and I'm going to myself, why am I being so loud, and why does my voice go like this? I don't know. I don't know. What do you think it is, passion? you think it's passion? I heard you say passion. I'll I'll go with that one. Okay, so. Let's get that God wants to punish people attitude out of our heart, out of our thought, out of our intent. Because God ends everything with a redemptive opportunity. We're commissioned to preach the gospel that saves sinners. Not the message that we're aggravated with you. We're irritated. Or not the, uh, we we have assessed you and we find you wanting. That's not our job. It's not our job to judge and criticize and condemn. Listen, if we are ever going to be like God, we will have to fall in love with sinners. Our heart will have to break for people who are doing wrong, not puff ourselves up and deliver some... Come on now. I'm preaching better than your amen, and I can hear those... I can, I can hear all the way, yeah, there's people all over the world, amen in. Okay, we're called to love our enemies, to do good to those who curse us and persecute us and despitefully use us, aggravate, irritate us. Now, it's hard to do good to people when you hate them, when you hate them for what they're doing. Hate them for who they are. Let's get that out of our heart. Now, we note from the account of Acts 9 that Jesus cares about Saul of Tarsus. And as I said, the story does not end with him being blinded or him being stopped or him being, you know, told that he's wrong. Uh, The story continues with Saul getting saved, being filled with the Holy Spirit, being healed, being called into the ministry, being discipled, becoming a powerful witness for Jesus everywhere he went for the rest of his life. Now that's the end to a good story. And he was one of the worst sinners ever. And he was absolutely anti-Christ and against the church. And, and, and he admits that I, that I put people to death and I did my best to make them deny Jesus. And I tried and I... Uh, <laughs> and here is the intent of God coming through for one of the worst sinners He's saved and filled with the Holy Spirit and changes his life and becomes a great witness. That's a good story. That's the intent of God. We note that Jesus cared about the Apostle Paul, but he also cares about the church. And that cannot be left out of this account. We note, in fact, that probably one of the biggest reasons Jesus showed up is because Jesus 
uh, got personally involved because he took it personal. God takes it personal. Jesus takes it personal whenever you mess with his bride. Be kind. Don't be talk. Listen, a couple things you don't want to talk about. You don't want to talk about my bride. You don't want to talk about my mama. Don't be doing that. And yet, I think some people don't see the church as the bride of Christ. They see her imperfection. She's always been imperfect on earth. Okay? I mean, the New Testament church is not perfect. Corinth, Pergamos, Thyatira, Galatia, you know, just for examples. Okay? Uh, they all had problems. You know, the church has never been perfect. However, we might miss a huge God point if we imagine the church's imperfections are something that we were sent here to judge or criticize. Woo! Hear me, please. I'm doing my best to offer a little redemption opportunity here. Jesus does not like it when people start pointing out his bride's imperfections, especially in public, and talking ugly about her. You better watch out now, because he's going to end up saying to you, please don't do that, now come and get saved and get filled with the Holy Spirit and become a better example, okay? Because he's always going to offer opportunity, but it's up to us to try to be more like him. Yeah. You know, uh, Jesus died for the church. Jesus is coming again for the church. Jesus loves the church. The church is the body of Christ. The church is the family of God in the earth. The church is Jesus' family, and the church is the bride of Christ. It's not just one of his girlfriends. Okay? You need to marry into the bride and not just date the girlfriend. You need to realize this is something important. Jesus is not about to let anybody start pointing out all the imperfection. Jesus is committed to the church, fully committed to the church. Jesus is fully committed to the church for eternity. Look at you. You are the bride of Christ. He is fully, 100% committed to you. He's committed to the Baptist. He's committed to the Methodist. He's committed to the Catholic Church. That's right. He is committed to the bride of Christ. And every born-again believer makes up that bride. And there are born-again believers in every church that I am aware of that calls upon Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. They have believed and received Him and know that He is the way to salvation and there is no other. That's the truth. You see, because it's Jesus' desire, as Ephesians 5 says, to present to himself a glorious bride, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but only he can do that. That he can present him, us holy and without blemish to himself. We must not let the rare actor blind us to all that God is doing in and through the church in our day. Let me set the record straight for just a moment. The church today is bigger and better than the church in Paul's day. The church today is more powerful and more productive than it was in Paul's day. I can, I can go through and prove every one of these to you just, just from Scripture and from history and from what we're seeing today. The church today is going farther and growing faster than in Paul's day. The church today is more educated, more spiritual, more balanced, sharper, more inclusive, less legal, more doctrinally sound, more spiritually secure, filled with more hope, feeding more people, 
more present in governments, more prevalent in societies, concerning, uh, you know, uh, covering more of the world with the gospel and saving more souls than ever in the history of the world. The church of the living God is doing well. God is happy with the church. He's not mad, frustrated, irritated, and, and, and sick and tired of the church. I've been across the nation, around the world, and through our communities. Jesus and his bride are alive and well. It's getting harder and harder for me to even find someone whenever I begin to witness to them. They don't already know Jesus, and I find somebody on the sidelines saying yes and amen. Glory to Jesus. I mean, I mean, everywhere. I did it four times on Friday trying to find somebody who wasn't born again in one of the checkout lines I was at in Lowe's and somewhere else. I couldn't find anybody that wasn't already saying amen. God bless you. I'm telling you yes. I'm telling you we are are doing well stop believing what the devil has to say about the church and stop being a mouthpiece for all of that propaganda jesus loves the church he he is fully 100 committed he's not about to abandon his bride are we perfect no but refuse to believe all of that stuff he's not sick and tired of the church and if there are a few bad actors like saul he'll deal with them he will deal with them. The church of Jesus Christ is doing well. And let me tell you what the church will hear when it walks through the gates. Well done, good and faithful servant, for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and, 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 and you gave me drink. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and in prison and you ministered to me. That is the truth. That's what you will hear. Why? Because that's what you're doing. You're doing it in the name of Jesus. You love Jesus. You have asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. You are feeding the hungry. You are giving water to the thirsty in the name of Jesus. You are sharing the gospel in all the world. You are making disciples from every nation. And people are becoming more and more like Christ because of you. You will hear a well done. Keep it up. That's just the reality of it. Oh, yes. Remember the title of my message, Plan B? Well, there is no Plan B. God does not have a plan B. The church is all God has, and it's all He wants. He's not looking for another girlfriend. There is no plan B. If you're in sin, repent. If you've got a bad attitude, lay it down. If you've grown tired and weary, you know, call upon him for some energy. If you're sitting out there doing nothing, get in the game. But don't think for a moment that God is unhappy or not in love. He is in love with the church. Jesus is in love with the church, and he's going to marry the church. And in my hope, and my belief, before things get too bad for us, he's going to come with a smile on his face and take us and marry us, and we're going to have a wonderful celebration. And he's not going to use that wedding supper to tell me all the things I'm not. What husband would take his bride on a honeymoon just to tell her all of the mistakes she's made?
God wants you to become a functioning part of his bride. He wants you to be involved in church. There are four things as I close right here uh, that I'll say really quickly that God wants and every local body of Christ needs. Number one, we need goers. We always have, we still do. We need people who will go into all the world and preach the gospel. But not every person is a goer. Not every person is called by God to go. Number two, we need stayers. We always need people who stay by the stuff because, you know, I went last week. I'm so glad I came back home and you're here. So glad I came back home and, 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 and the stuff's okay and somebody stayed by the stuff and took care of stuff. You may be called to go or you just may go every now and then or you may go every time. You just may have the go uh, uh, you know, uh, gene from your heavenly father. That's okay. You may have a staying gene. We got to have stayers. If we don't have stayers, we can't say the goers are the ones that make all the stuff happen. They don't. The goers and the stayers, read the word of God. You'll find goers and stayers and you'll find the Bible says that they both share in every reward goers and stayers number two number three we need goers stayers we need prayers we need people who will pray because we cannot take the spoil once we get there if we have not already done our homework here we can pray and bind the strong man we can pray and open up doors we can pray and get angelic assistance we can pray and keep the hounds of hell away and once we get there we can just take the spoil we have to have prayers you may be called to pray everybody should be praying but you may be called to be somebody that's praying over our our church and praying over the church and we're, we're, we're just one local body we're just one local family you may be called by God and found on your knees praying and doing battle in the heavenlies and tearing down strongholds and opening up doors you may be called to be a prayer you may go every now and then you know but but listen we need goers we need stayers we need prayers and what else do we need payers we need people that are anointed by God to pay the bills and to pay the missions endeavors and to take us on a journey in our community and communities like ours all over the world because if nobody else reaches the world, we will right here from Golden Triangle Church on the Rock. We will not stop. We are reaching our communities. We are reaching out with, with listen, you will hear well done. Find your place and get into it. You might say, well, well how do you become a payer? You, you, you begin with what you have. Because what you do with what you have is exactly what you will do with more. God knows it. You should understand it. Okay? How do I become a prayer? You need to see Sylvie Llewellyn. Okay? She leads our intercessory prayer group. Okay? Uh, you, you need to talk to Sue Viator. You know, she is a part of that intercessory prayer group leadership, and there are others. And listen, without prayer, we don't have the spiritual gas in our tanks when we get there. But I can tell you as a testimony from God on my journeys, I, I, I went in February, went back. I didn't expect to, just went back. We taught, uh, you, know, uh, you know, 25 overseers from all over East Africa. I preached so many times, drove so many miles. I could have been dead, and these boys could have been dead so many times from the accidents happening right in front of us in fact one accident happened in front of us it killed three people and one of the girls riding with me was her friends thank you sylvia thank you sue thank you all of you who are prayers don't think we can make it without it thanks for going Thanks for staying. Thanks for praying. 
and thanks for paying. The church of God is doing well. Listen, open up your hearts right now. Let me seal this word in your heart. What did I say today? I basically said there is no plan B. Okay, we are the best God has. We're the only he has, and we're the only ones he wants. I'm not talking about just this local church. I'm talking about the church of God all over our communities and around the world. We are blessed in Southeast Texas with so many wonderful churches. When you see somebody from another church, encourage them to get involved in that church. Encourage them to become a goer, stayer, prayer, payer. Encourage them. If you're on the, on, on the internet, on your social media, encourage people to get involved in their church. Oh, they might say, well, my, my church is this. Oh, listen, don't talk bad about your church. Don't talk bad about your family. If they need something, be something. Okay? If they need, if God puts you together with people for what you can give, not what you can get. Read the word. He joins people together for what they can give to the equation, not for what they can get. Oh, getting will happen, but getting is a harvest from seed sown. Right. Father, Lord, we're so grateful to you, sir, for the opportunity to serve the body of Christ. Thank you for making us a part of your bride. Thank you for loving us and caring about us. And thank you for always ending your messages in love. We know you love us. We know that we're not perfect and we know we need to change. But we know you're not mad at us and you're not wanting to you know, dangle us over the fires of hell or abandon us or criticize us. That's just not in your nature. It's just not there. Lord Jesus... Forgive us, Lord, where we have not been like you. Help us to understand, Lord, that there may be aggravations and irritations, but we need to default to your Holy Spirit. And your Holy Spirit only desires that people come to you. Help us to be the light of the world with the good news that you've given us to share. Lord, let your grace and your presence be with us, God. Thank you for making us together, Lord, a, a, a force in the earth, Lord, with all the things that we are accomplishing in your name and seeing people born again every week. Thank you for including us. Now today, we offer you our lives. Forgive us where we failed you. Lord, come into our hearts, Lord. Be our Lord, be our Savior. Come into my heart, Lord. Refresh me, God. Lord, encourage me, God. Tell me, Lord, what you need. Lord, use us. Save souls, Lord. Meet needs. We ask this, sir, in the name of our Savior and our husband, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks again for joining us for another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.